Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. My beloved mother was an inspiration, an example to me and to all my family. And we owe her the most heartfelt debt any family could owe to their mother for her love, affection, guidance, understanding, and example. Queen Elizabeth was a life well lived, a promise with destiny kept, and she is mourned most deeply in her passing. That promise of lifelong service I renew to you all today. Alongside the personal grief that all my family are feeling, we also share with so many of you in the United Kingdom, in all the countries where the Queen was head of state, in the Commonwealth and across the world, a deep sense of gratitude for the more than 70 years in which my mother as Queen served the people of so many nations. In 1947, on her 21st birthday, she pledged in a broadcast from Cape Town to the Commonwealth to devote her life, whether it be short or long, to the service of her peoples. That was more than a promise. It was a profound personal commitment which defined her whole life. She made sacrifices for duty. Her dedication and devotion as sovereign never wavered through times of change and progress, through times of joy and celebration, and through times of sadness and loss. In her life of service, we saw that abiding love of tradition, together with that fearless embrace of progress, which makes us great as nations. The affection, admiration, and respect she inspired became the hallmark of her reign. And as every member of my family can testify, she combined these qualities with warmth, humor, and an unerring ability always to see the best in people. I pay tribute to my mother's memory and I honor her life of service. I know that her death brings great sadness to so many of you and I share that sense of loss beyond measure with you all. When the Queen came to the throne, Britain and the world were still coping with the privations and aftermath of the Second World War, and still living by the conventions of earlier times. In the course of the last 70 years, we have seen our society become one of many cultures and many faiths. 
The institutions of the state have changed in turn. But through all changes and challenges, our nation and the wider family of realms, of whose talents, traditions, and achievements I am so inexpressibly proud, have prospered and flourished. Our values have remained, and must remain, constant. The role and the duties of monarchy also remain, as does the sovereign's particular relationship and responsibility towards the Church of England, the church in which my own faith is so deeply rooted. In that faith and the values it inspires, I have been brought up to cherish a sense of duty to others and to hold in the greatest respect the precious traditions, freedoms and responsibilities of our unique history and our system of parliamentary government. As the Queen herself did with such unswerving devotion, I too now solemnly pledge myself throughout the remaining time God grants me to uphold the constitutional principles at the heart of our nation. And wherever you may live in the United Kingdom or in the realms and territories across the world, and whatever may be your background or beliefs, I shall endeavor to serve you with loyalty, respect, and love as I have throughout my life. My life will, of course, change as I take up my new responsibilities. It will no longer be possible for me to give so much of my time and energies to the charities and issues for which I care so deeply. But I know this important work will go on in the trusted hands of others. This is also a time of change for my family. I count on the loving help of my darling wife, Camilla. In recognition of her own loyal public service since our marriage 17 years ago, she becomes my Queen Consort. I know she will bring to the demands of her new role the steadfast devotion to duty on which I have come to rely so much. As my heir, William now assumes the Scottish titles which have meant so much to me. He succeeds me as Duke of Cornwall and takes on the responsibilities for the Duchy of Cornwall, which I have undertaken for more than five decades. Today, I am proud to create him Prince of Wales, to Wissog Cymru, the country whose title I have been so greatly privileged to bear during so much of my life and duty. With Catherine beside him, our new Prince and Princess of Wales will, I know, continue to inspire and lead our national conversations, helping to bring the marginal to the center ground where vital help can be given. I want also to express my love for Harry and Meghan as they continue to build 
their lives overseas. In a little over a week's time, we will come together as a nation, as a commonwealth, and indeed a global community, to lay my beloved mother to rest. In our sorrow, let us remember and draw strength from the light of her example. On behalf of all my family, I can only offer the most sincere and heartfelt thanks for your condolences and support. They mean more to me than I can ever possibly express. And to my darling Mama, as you begin your last great journey to join my dear late Papa, I want simply to say this. Thank you. Thank you for your love and devotion to our family and to the family of nations you have served so diligently all these years. May flights of angels sing thee to thy rest. There you go. Uh, king Charles III delivering his first address to, as king, obviously honoring Queen Elizabeth II, who passed away yesterday, and all of the pomp and circumstance that we've talked about over the course of the last 24 hours or so being played out in London uh, at Buckingham Palace, there at St. Paul's Cathedral as well, all of these different uh, royal locations. The, uh, the service of prayer and reflection is what is going on at St. Paul's, uh, Paul's Cathedral today. And that is where the address technically took place, although it was pre-recorded. Again, King Charles becoming the oldest person in British history to be named monarch. 73 years old. Uh, he was only three years old when he became heir to the throne. And he said in this speech that he feels profound sorrow at the death of his mother. Uh, vows to continue the Queen's lifelong service. He he said some pretty amazing and, and, and honorific things to his mother saying that his beloved mother was an inspiration to himself, uh, to her nation. He said that her dedication to her people never wavered, and he added that the respect and the admiration that she got became a hallmark of her reign. Now, in terms of what he's going to do as king, he said that he would swear to uphold the constitutional principles of the U.K., and he mentioned to all of the people, both uh, to all of the people, both in the country and in other parts of the world, that he would serve them with loyalty, uh, with respect and love. Uh, a nice honor to both of his sons, William and Harry, in their respective roles that they're playing now. And it was uh, quite a departure, suggesting that obviously William is going to take on all of the the titles and the roles that Prince Charles had, now becoming Prince William and. And all of the, uh, the the Duke of Cornwall, I believe, the Prince of Wales is ex ex actually going to be his official title. Um, and then also a nice nod to Harry and Meghan as they, as they build their lives overseas, I think was the line that he used. And then, of course, um, in a more personal um, in a more personal address specifically, he referred to Queen Elizabeth II as his mama. And said that he wanted to make sure that uh, that Mama, in her final journey, uh, would finally be reunited, reunited with his dear Papa, Prince Philip, obviously, who uh, pre, uh, what would you say, pre-ascended? I don't know what what is the right Shakespearean word, considering he quoted Hamlet there at the end. 
Um, but uh, Prince Philip, of course, died back in uh, in June of last year, and and it's a nice speech. Listen, King Charles III, he's got a lot of stuff going on over the next ten days. He referenced the uh, funeral that will come up. I believe the timing is for it would be next Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, Saturday or Sunday of next week. And uh, all of it going to be played out uh, by the book, absolute, uh, by fully scripted in what they called Operation London Bridge, um, and obviously the contingency plan of uh, of Operation Unicorn since the Queen passed away while she was in Scotland. All right, when we come back to the Gary and Shannon show, we have a lot we'll get to. We'll wrap up the King's speech. We're not going to spend a lot of time. Not the movie. The thing that he actually just did. Oh, that was a good movie. Thank you. It was a fantastic movie, was it not? I thought it was great. And Colin Firth, right, was the, played the king mm-hmm. and all of that? Yeah. Um, the uh, We'll wrap that up. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it. We have we know what's going on. She's still dead. Uh, we're going to honor what it is that she has been and done. And obviously, we spent all uh, of yesterday's show talking about the queen. But we have a lot more to get onto in terms of what's going on locally. We have this giant hurricane that's going to blow through most of Southern California and make things worse than it has been over the last several days. Uh, it is raining very heavily along places uh, just east of Tijuana, and these uh, heavy storms are headed their way up to San Diego and through South Orange County within the next few hours. My so, aunt's in San Diego. She said just a few sprinkles so far. Well, if she was out in uh, Tecate or Mexicali, anywhere between Tijuana and Mexicali, it's about to go down. <laughs> I mean, it is. it looks the weather radar is ominous uh, as Tropical Storm K Continues to kind of move its way out to out to sea and and lower in intensity, but this is going to be one of the strongest storms, especially for you know early September. One of the strongest storms I think we've ever seen. So anyway, we'll keep an eye on all of that. We have a bunch of guests coming up in the show today. Shannon has a vacation day because she's supposed to go see a baseball game that might be rained out. That would be sad for her. A story that we'll get into at the bottom of the hour. A judge has dismissed a Donald Trump lawsuit. This lawsuit was against Hillary Clinton. And the judge said that they dismissed this case because Trump's allegations that Democrats tried to rig that election by linking his campaign to Russia was an attempt to flaunt political grievances, that the lawsuit was flaunting political grievances. Basically said that the 200-page political manifesto, that's what the judge called it, outlined his grievances against those that have opposed him. And he said that this was not a lawsuit that was seeking any sort of legal uh, redress for any legal harm. Uh, The big deal here in Southern California is that Tropical Storm K is going to cause weather issues all weekend. Um, I think you can safely say that our heat wave is over and our humidity wave is about to begin. National Weather Service says we can expect high winds starting today, rain beginning tonight in much of Southern California. And while Tropical Storm K is weakening and kind of making its way off the coast, um, the storm is not actually expected to turn away, make a left and head out into the Pacific until sometime Saturday night. So tomorrow uh, there are uh, forecasts for, you know, 70, 80 percent chance of rain through much of uh, much of Southern California. All right. Well, um, yesterday, obviously, we spent most of the day talking about Queen Elizabeth II, uh, her passing and what it means going forward for for the UK. It doesn't mean a whole lot for the United States, to be honest. I mean, I've seen a couple of different, um, you know, I saw Anthony Blinken, the uh, the secretary of state. I saw former secretary of state John Kerry on giving an interview earlier today, and he was just describing 
Queen Elizabeth as just the utmost statesperson. You can't say statesman. But he referred to her uh, the the absolute and utmost respect that he had for uh, for Queen Elizabeth. That while she may not have been um, sort of the administrator, that's what the prime minister's job would be, but that she was a, a, a great confidant that she was a great uh representative for the uh, for the uk and going forward obviously charles looked very kingly today because that's in fact what he is and uh has the what i found interesting was that he's got a lot more respect than i would have assumed i mean 20 years ago the guy was considered kind of a bumbling idiot um after the death of diana and the revelations that he had been with Camilla the entire time, there was a lot of respect that was lost. Although, I, from the United States angle of it, you would think to yourself, well, of course that's what the royals do. They're, you know, it's a bunch of inbred. That's what the assumption was. Uh, and that while Elizabeth may have been higher than that and held on a pedestal that was higher than that, there were these assumptions that Charles just just, just a bumbling goofball. But yesterday... When he left, I, I guess it was technically this morning, he leaves Balmoral Castle, flies from Scotland back into London. He and Camilla, the now queen consort, they showed up to Buckingham Palace and didn't drive through the crowd into the, into the palace grounds and then get out of the car. They got out of the car before they went into the gate, which symbolism is everything when it comes to the royal family. And that made a huge difference. And you could hear it when he was getting out of the car, how important that was to these people. Having made his way by car from RAF Northolt, the king was met by cheering crowds as he stepped out and shook hands with well-wishers. A kiss for the king, as his majesty spent almost 10 minutes greeting the crowds of people who had gathered here to see him and to pay tribute to Queen Elizabeth. That was from uh, a Sky News report earlier in the day. Now, going forward, the king, as he mentioned, is going to have to pull back on some of the charitable pursuits that he has been involved with since he has been an adult, basically. And he said a few years ago, he says, I suppose I've spent most of my life trying to propose and initiate things that very few people could see the point of, or frankly, thought were plain bonkers. Perhaps some of them are now beginning to recognize a spot of pioneering in all this apparent madness. It's hard not to read his lines without doing an accent. He said um, it was both a demonstration of his characteristic wry sense of humor and an arguably permissible humble brag by a guy who's been way ahead in embracing a bunch of these concepts that you could say were sort of before their time. Things like organic farming, uh, nature conservancy. He is a huge climate change confronter, he claims. He has continued to be passionate and advocate through all of his charity work in his life, for everything from environmental conservation to uh, community empowerment, etc. And he's been a patron or president of more than 400 charitable organizations. He says, I find myself born into this particular position, he said once. I'm, I'm determined to make the most of it and do whatever I can to help, and I hope leave things behind a little bit better than I found them. And I mentioned yesterday, and you've heard it referred to a bunch of times, the very scripted aftermath of the death of the monarch. And in this case, 
King Charles is going to be uh, officially named King Charles in the Court of Ascension, I think is what it's called. But then he's got a weird tour where he goes around to to different parts of, of Wales and North Ireland and Scotland and receives sort of official condolences from the governments uh, of those areas and then begins the process of setting up his own castle, basically his own administration uh, as king. And he has sworn that one of the things he's going to do is kind of kind of trim down, do the monarchy light, if you will, and uh, get rid of some of the pomp and circumstance that has surrounded the monarchy for hundreds of years, knowing that it's kind of a, a dying dying legend. It's sort of the the tradition that surrounds it is uh, is pretty antiquated. And while some of it is fun to watch, uh, a lot of people in the UK may feel like it doesn't really have a place anymore. So if anything changes, if anything goes on, it's, you know, it's seven six thirty at night in uh, in London, and they're doing a, uh, a prayer service to honor Elizabeth at St. Paul's Cathedral. In fact, the new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, is speaking right now. And if anything comes out of it, we'll definitely uh, keep you updated on all of it. A couple of things that we're keeping our eyes on, a, uh, a guy was arrested up in the Bay Area yesterday after he allegedly cut off a woman's head with a sword. And nasty story. Deputies out of San Mateo County Sheriff's Office said that they found this woman uh, in San Carlos after they had been flagged down by a witness. Uh, they said that her she was decapitated. Uh, the suspect believed to be an ex-boyfriend who may have had a restraining order uh, placed against him by her. Average mortgage rates in the U.S. risen to their highest level in 14 years, edging closer to 6%. As it becomes clear to investors, the uh, Fed Reserve is going to continue its aggressive policy when it comes to rate hikes to try to fight inflation. So the average rate on a 30-year fixed mortgage jumped to 5.89%. That's the highest level since November of 2008. Rams got tossed by the Bills. Hey, Mondo. Hey, Mondo. Whose house? Harry's mm, house. Harry's house. Okay. It's not the Rams' house. At least it wasn't last night. Rams got tossed by the Bills 31-10 to 10 to, open the, uh, to open the NFL season. Chargers are actually at home also on Sunday at SoFi hosting the Raiders. And don't forget, our first week of Gas Fantasy 4 play is coming up in the noon hour. We'll tell you how you can play along with us and pick a few games. You, have to, you don't have to know a sliver of football to play uh, and have the opportunity to win. Okay. Well, the big news, uh, some of the stuff we couldn't get to yesterday because of uh, coverage of the Queen's death. Steve Bannon, once again, indicted on fraud charges, this time connected to the fundraising effort for a border wall. He showed up and pleaded not guilty to defrauding a bunch of border wall donors. This six-count indictment charges Steve Bannon with um, two counts of money laundering, carrying a maximum five sentence to five to 15 in prison, uh, a Additional felony counts of conspiracy and scheme to defraud, along with a misdemeanor count of conspiracy to defraud. Now, he was released following his arraignment, scheduled to return to court beginning of next month. And he said, I'm going to stay and I'm going to fight this. With this case, I'm begging you to remember the presumption of innocence. He told reporters that these charges have nothing to do with fraud or conspiracy, or the million dollars that the Manhattan DA says that he stole from this We Build the Wall program, he said it's all about 60 days to the election. Uh, he said it's an irony on the very day the mayor of this city has a delegation down on the border that they're persecuting people here who try to stop them on the border. Um, mayor Eric Adams there in New York had actually sent to Texas a group 
a fact-finding delegation, he called it, because Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, has been busing illegal migrants into, uh, into New York City. So the state charges are similar to the federal charges that Steve Bannon was facing. But if you remember, those were wiped away when he got a, president, uh, he got a presidential pardon from former President Trump. And the idea is that in Manhattan, specifically, there were 430 donors who gave to that program the We Build the Wall, sort of the private financing for some of the border wall. And the accusation from the DA's office there in Manhattan is that Steve Bannon defrauded them out of more than $33,000. Across New York State, there were $11,000 who I'm sorry, eleven thousand donors who were defrauded out of more than seven hundred and thirty grand. The pardon by Trump, of course, only applied to the federal case, not the state charges here. So, the indictment quotes Bannon telling donors a couple of years ago at a fundraising event, "quote Remember, all the money you give goes to building the wall." Instead, the campaign president apparently received a salary of a quarter million dollars that was secretly funneled to him by Bannon. He directed the We Build the Wall group to transfer tens of thousands of dollars to a nonprofit that he controlled. All of that are these allegations against him in uh, in Manhattan. So the other court case before we get to the Mar-a-Lago update is that former President Trump filed a lawsuit against Hillary Clinton. In Florida, the district judge, Donald Middlebrooks, yesterday dismissed that lawsuit. He It was filed in March, alleging that Hillary Clinton was accusing Donald Trump of colluding with Russia. The ruling dismissed the suit and said that the complaint filed by the former president was, quote, neither short nor plain, and it certainly does not establish that Trump is entitled to any relief. Middlebrooks goes on to say the amended complaint alleges the defendants engaged in a calculated scheme to defraud the media, law enforcement and counterintelligence officials for the purpose of proliferating a false narrative of collusion between Trump and Russia. And again, this is of the 2016 election that he was trying to relitigate. Middlebrook said he felt the claims brought by Trump and his lawyers were not warranted under the law. And he said basically this amounted to a 200-page political manifesto and didn't really have anything to do with the law or seeking any sort of relief from Hillary Clinton or the campaign. Now, the update quickly on Mar-a-Lago is we found out yesterday the Department of Justice will, in fact, uh, challenge the ruling that a special master would be appointed to go through some of the documents that had been found at Mar-a-Lago. The concern from the Department of Justice is, A, they've already gone through it, and B, it's going to add way too much time. This is a delay that is unnecessary, according to the DOJ. So the president, the former president, makes some new claims that the FBI was planting evidence in in the search of the uh, resort in Florida back on August 8th an argument that was absent in the legal filings by his attorneys. Now, again, he's doing this in the media. He's doing this on Truth Social. He's not doing it in the legal documents. And that's important to point out because he knows the importance of saying these things, you know, in the media, in the public forum. But if they were true or if he felt he had evidence to back them up, Why weren't the lawyers also putting that in the documentation that they filed with the court? The president repeated the claim uh, in this posting 
uh, on Truth Social. He said, they leak, lie, plant fake evidence, allow the spying on my campaign, deceive the FISA court, raid and break into my home, lose documents. And then when they ask me as the 45th president of the United States to trust them. He also referenced the uh, the claim that uh, FBI officials had conspired to smear him over his ties to Russia during the presidency. But he praised Aileen Cannon, the judge whom he appointed, praised Aileen Cannon, saying that she was brilliant and courageous. He has repeatedly suggested that the FBI is part of this big plot, uh, big political plot against him. And um, the idea is that. Right now, the Department of Justice in their filing yesterday requested that a judge grant access to the classified documents by September 15th, or it will file an appeal in all of this. So that's the update on all of that. It's time for Terror in the Skies. Flight 209, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Get off my plane. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Enough is enough! I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday it's Gary and Shannon's Terror in the Skies on KFI. All right, here's some uh, hints and tips for you Southwest travelers, because if you Southwest is the only airline that has an open seating policy, the only major airline in the United States has an open seating policy. And if you've never flown Southwest, it's basically a cattle call, right? They try to keep it. They try to prevent that by allowing you to board in groups. You get a letter anywhere between A and C, and then a number somewhere between one and 60, right? And then in those groups you board, you pick any seat that's open. Um, so the problem is they do a 24 hour pregame check-in, right? And it, most airlines do that. They allow you to check in early so that you can A, get a, possibly a better seat, but uh, but B, know that you're they know you're coming. The issue is that even if you check in within seconds of that 24-hour window opening, sometimes you're relegated to that boarding group C, and you're going to be sitting between a couple of pickle eaters or whatever. I don't know what would be the most offensive thing on an airplane. <laughs> uh, fingernail clippers. Oh, that's a that's awful. I'm going to one-up you and say toenail clippers. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but a guy who runs a cranky, fi- a fr- cranky flyer air travel blog said that it is surprisingly complicated. It's it's determined Southwest specifically. The boarding is determined by money, timing, status, and then pure chance when you get into it. So A1 through A15 are guaranteed. And the only way to guarantee that on Southwest is to get an early boarding position. Business you, select. Right. Uh, basically, it's, it's Southwest's version of first class. Uh, I mean, that's the only way to describe it. Um, you buy or upgrade to a business select ticket, uh, and that guarantees you A1 through A15. If there are fewer than those 15, then those remaining are sold to the beginning 24 hours ahead of the flight as an upgraded boarding position. And that'll add about 30 bucks to your ticket usually. And that'll vary on the, the popularity, the length of the flight segment, et cetera. If you are a frequent flyer and you've got the Southwest Rapid Rewards Priority or Rapid Rewards Performance Business Credit Card, you will be reimbursed for upgraded boarding. So it's a little perk that way. Um, you can pay to be checked in early. They they refer to something called early bird check-in, which will automatically reserve a boarding position for the passenger 36 hours ahead of departure for a fee. You still need to check in to get your boarding pass, but that position usually in group A, is going to be secured. So it's going to cost you. 
basically. It's not very much, though. Yeah, it's 20 it, bucks, 10 bucks. 20 bucks, 15. It says 15 to 25, depending on the flight. So yeah. depending on the length, usually, or, or whatever. Um, that one person, by the way, if you're if you're traveling with a group, one person has to purchase the early bird, but you could save seats for the rest of the party. That's a pretty good deal. Southwest doesn't actually have a policy against saving seats. That may cause a fight between you and the guy who wants to clip his toenails next to you, but if you get on early, you could technically save seats for the rest of your group. Um does it say that you're allowed to save seats? Because I know you're not supposed to save seats on Southwest. It it says you're not, you're not supposed to, but they say they do not have an official policy against it. Oh, okay. They just don't like you doing it because they don't want to, there to be a fight in the <laughs> middle of the aisle. Um, one of the other things is, it, let's say you've been assigned a, the A boarding position. You get the plane and you have the entire thing to yourself. Which one do you choose? One of these guys said the top priority is to get an empty middle seat next to him. So he'll check with the gate agent before boarding to see if there will be any empty seats. And if the plane's not full, he will skip the empty aisle seats near the front of the many passengers want and head for an aisle seat about two thirds of the way down. Um, this guy says that there's not necessarily going to try to go all the way to the back looking for a middle seat. If you get stuck with the middle, you're probably taking uh, taking it close to the front. So the best one is. Go for the infinite legroom seat, which is usually the window seat behind the exit row. Obviously, you're going to be talked to if that's the case because they want to make sure that you are uh, physically able to pop that window out in the event that you need to. But that's an easy yes. and you know They'll do a quick up and down on you to make sure that you're not faking it and you're not busy clipping your toenails. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.